Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Give me your attention. I like stories. I love that story that John read you. Let me read you one. Listen, it's called the Lord's Baseball Game. Freddie and the Lord stood by to observe, are you listening, a baseball game. The Lord's team was playing Satan's team. The Lord's team was at bat. The score was tied zero to zero. And it was at the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. They continued to watch as a batter stepped up to the plate whose name was Love. Love swung at the first pitch and hit a single because love never fails. The next batter was named Faith, who also got a single because faith and love worked together. Well, the next batter up was named Godly Wisdom. Satan wound up and threw his first pitch. Godly Wisdom looked over and let it pass. Ball one. Three more pitches and Godly Wisdom walked. Because godly wisdom never swings at what Satan throws. (laughs) The bases were now loaded. The Lord then turned to Freddie and told him he was now going to bring his star player. Up to the plate stepped Grace. Freddie said he sure doesn't look like much. Satan's whole team relaxed when they saw Grace. Thinking he had won the game. Satan wound up and fired his first pitch. To the shock of everyone, Grace hit the ball hit the ball harder than anyone had ever seen. But Satan was not worried. His center fielder let very few get by. He went up to the ball, but it went right through his glove, hit him on the head, and sent him crashing to the ground. And then it continued over the fence for a home run. The Lord's team won. The Lord then asked Freddie if he knew why love, faith, and godly wisdom could get on base, but could not win the game. Freddie answered he did not know why. The Lord explained, if your love, faith, and wisdom had won the game, you would think that you had done it by yourself. Love, faith, and wisdom will get you on base, but only my grace will get you home. (laughs) Isn't that true? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Lord, we thank you for your love that gets us home, the grace of God that gets us home. Lord, we pray now for that grace to just speak to our hearts and the Holy Spirit speak to us now. We ask in Jesus' name and all of God's people agree and said, Amen. Amen. If you've been with us, we've been talking about spirit living. I titled this sermon, Spirit Living Part 2, because I have a lot more to say about spirit living. And last week we were talking about, were you with us, as Paul was contrasting living in the spirit and living in the flesh. And we talked about it last week. When you're living in the flesh, you have a fleshly frame of mind. 
When you're living in the flesh, you have a fatal future. And when you're living in the flesh, you are hostile toward God. When you're living in the flesh, you don't have the ability to obey or please God. And in contrast, are you listening? When you're living in the spirit, you have a fresh frame of mind and you go from being an enemy with God to being a child of God. You go from being weak and no power to being empowered and strong in the things of God. And the Bible says when you're empowered by God and you're filled with the spirit of God, then you receive a new identification. We have a new identification in Christ. And then in chapter six, we talked about in Romans, because of this new identification, we are not bound to the flesh. We are free from the power and the penalty of sin. And not only are we free from the power and the penalty of sin, but we're also free from the law. We find that in chapter seven, because there's a new law working in me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ, the Bible says, has set me free from the law of sin and death. And because, listen, saints, we are set free because we have this new identification. We have been set free from the old nature. And because of that, we don't owe our flesh anything. You owe your flesh nothing. What do you mean, Rodney? I'll show you. Look at Romans chapter 8, and actually we'll pick up in verse 11. Read through verse 17, and then I'll come back with some comments. Romans 8, beginning in verse 11. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, in verse 12, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live, watch this, according to the flesh, you will what? Die. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will what, saints? Live. For in verse 14, would you read it with me? As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Papa, Daddy, Father. The spirit himself in verse 16 bears witness with our spirit that we are God's kids. And if children, then we're heirs and we're heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Christ. If indeed, or since we suffer with him, we'll talk about this the next time, since we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Romans chapter 8, in verse 1. Go ahead and peek at it in Romans 8, verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Listen, there is no condemnation, but there needs to be, listen, realization of what's going on. There's no condemnation, but there needs to be realization of what's going on. And listen, what's going on is the same spirit. We talked about this last week. Let me just add a few comments here. 
The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in you. And because Christ has risen from the dead and die no more, so you will someday rise up whether you die in this life or you are raptured. Either way, you will be raised up and you will die no more if you are a believer. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. The same spirit, every born again believer will rise from the dead and never be subject to death again. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to someday blow your body right out of the grave. Amen. Yeah, I heard somebody say, sweet. I'm going to have to add that into my, my theological terminology file. Sweet. That means it's good. You know, if you die, listen, when you die, when you die, your body's going to go in the grave. But somehow we really can't explain it because the Bible says we're going to go in the grave our bodies will go in the grave. But then, are you listening? Our spirit's going to go to be with the Lord. Because to be absent from the body, Paul said, is to what? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen, the Bible does not teach soul sleep. Do you guys know what soul sleep is or what people say? Some people teach, listen, some people teach that when you die, you lay in your body in the ground until the resurrection. That's soul sleep, people teach. When you die, you lay in your body in the ground until the resurrection. Now, listen, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I know how to tell you. I ain't doing that. I don't like to lay down too long. If I lay down too long, my neck starts to hurt. Anybody else? I made my pillow, my bed. I don't know what the deal. It starts to hurt. I got to call my chiropractor. It's a mess. I don't want to lay down too long. And we're not going to lay down too long. When you die, your body will go in the ground, but your spirit will go to be with the Lord immediately. It's in 1 Kings chapter 17. This is your homework for the night. 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah went to the widow woman at Zarephath and he went to stay with her. And this woman, she had a son, and the son got sick. And Elijah, the Bible says, threw his body on the boy three times, and he prayed for the boy. And it was at the third time that it says the soul of the child came back into him. The Bible does not teach soul sleep. The soul of a child came back into him. It was David and Bathsheba who had a son. You know the story. And when the son died, David was sad. And people asked David, why are you sad? You need to clean up and eat. And David made a comment. He said, his son cannot come back to him, but he will someday go and be with the son. The son was in the presence of God. Philippians chapter one, verse 23, Paul said, for I am hard pressed between two, having a desire to depart 
and be with Christ, which is far better, but it's needful that I stay. You know, Paul doesn't say, I can't wait to lay in the dirt. Amen. He says, I can't wait to be with Christ. The rich man and Lazarus. The Bible teaches that the rich man was in hell and Lazarus was in the place of Abraham's comfort. The comfort place. Revelation chapter 6. The souls that were slain were in heaven and under the altar talking to God saying how long. My point is this. To be absent from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. We're going to raise from the dead. When you die, you go to be with the Lord. And all of that happens by the spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead also dwells in you. Therefore, in verse 12, go ahead and peek at it. Therefore, now Calvary Chapel folks, help me out. When you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's? How y'all like that? <laughs> therefore, when you see the word therefore, you want to find out what, what is therefore. And listen, this word therefore is referring back to all that has been said. Because we are not under condemnation in verse 1. Because the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Because we are no longer carnally minded. And now we have the mind of Christ. And we have his spirit within us. And that same spirit is going to raise us and he's given us a new heart of flesh and he's given us a future and he's given us a hope. As you consider all of that, Paul says we are not debtors to the flesh. This word debtors, if you're taking notes, it literally means one who owes another one held by obligation. The word flesh, of course, you know what that means, speaks to the old man. And it's that part of us that loves sin. Paul says we don't owe the flesh anything. The old man, the old nature, if you've been a Christian for a week, the old nature is always crying out for payment. Old nature is always saying, feed me, feed me. When you become a Christian, there becomes this battle going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a battle going on. And your old nature is always trying to get you to go back to that old flesh. You know, all those old things that you used to do. The old nature is always crying out for payment. Paul says, you don't owe the flesh anything. And if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Listen, that is so true. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. You know why? Because sin has its penalty. Sin always has an effect. Don't forget that. Write that down. Sin always underscore be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians says whatever a man sows that he shall what reap. Sin always has an effect. I think of Isaiah chapter 59 in verses one and two. And it reads this. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save nor his ears heavy that it cannot hear. But your sins have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Saints, listen, it's not that God can't hear. It's that God won't hear. Our sin separates us from God in that he won't hear us when we pray. Sin has an effect. 
it separates us from God and he won't hear us. You know, it's like caller ID. You got caller ID. I got caller ID. And you know how it is when somebody calls, you look in your little caller ID window. And if it's somebody's name you don't want to talk to, you don't answer. (laughs) Oh, I know I'm the only one that does that. Okay, I'm keeping it real because I'm in church. But anywho, you know, you take the cell phone, you look at it and you go, ah, I think I want to talk to them. It's not that you don't know who's calling. It's not that you did not hear the phone ring. You heard it ring and you know who's calling. You choose not to answer. Well, God has caller ID. You came to church to learn that God has caller ID. (laughs) Did you know? And when we pray because of our sin, you understand, when we pray because of our sin, it separates us from God. It doesn't mean that God is powerless and he can't help you. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the knowledge in which, by which to help you. It simply means that our sin has separated us and cut us off. When we choose to hold on to certain sins in your life, listen, you refuse to do anything about it. Then God also makes a choice not to listen to anything you say. Our sins have separated us. If you live in the flesh, the Bible says, you will die. You're cutting off your source. But if you live by the Spirit, would you go ahead and look at verse 13 again? But if by the Spirit you put to death, did you note this? If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, then you'll live. So then the question, give me your attention, How do we put to death the deeds of the flesh? Listen, if you're struggling with your flesh, are you listening? Very important. If you are struggling with areas of sin in your flesh, because we all struggle. From the pulpit to the people. Everybody struggles. You know, we get in the pulpit and act like, oh, we're so holy. And, you know, oh, the pulpit people, they're more holier than the people in the pews. You know, we, you know, every, look, we're all in this thing together and we're all seeking to see Jesus and we all have this sin nature and this flesh area to deal with. And if you have areas, listen, this is going to help you. If you have areas in your life that you are trying to deal with, that you want to get victory over those areas of the flesh. Listen, the way to mortify or to kill the deeds of the flesh is not by Attacking the flesh. The way to get victory over your flesh. As a lot of people, you know, they they, they think that to get victory over the flesh and to mortify the flesh, then they have to crucify their bodies. Think about this. Do you realize it is impossible? Underscore bold highlight impossible for you to crucify yourself. That's impossible. You could get you a cross. You can get on that cross, you sit up, you take a really long nail, put your feet together, nail that thing in. And then you take a nail and you put it through this arm right here. You you stick the nail in right here. You take this hammer and nail and nail that thing in. Ouch. But then listen, you're you're in a predicament. (laughs) We got a problem. The problem is... How would you then nail this hand to the cross? It is impossible for you 
to crucify yourself. If you want to have a life, listen, of victory, and you want to get rid of that carnal nature and mortify the deeds of the flesh, look at verse 13. I'm telling you something here. Look at verse 13. If by the what saints? Spirit. If you're going to crucify your flesh, you're going to have to do that by the spirit, not by your own efforts. You do it by the spirit. You do it by inviting the presence of God in your life. You know, I think of the story. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the Philistines. Give me your attention. And they get the ark of the Lord. And the Philistines, they've got control of the ark of of God, the ark of the covenant. And they bring the ark of the covenant into the pagan temple of Dagon. Dagon was the fish god. He was half man, half fish. And so the Philistines took the ark and they put it right next to Dagon, the fish god. Now, the reason the Philistines had the ark in the first place is because Israel was using the ark as a good luck charm or a rabbit's foot to bring them luck. You see, Israel was trusting in the ark of God rather than trusting in the God of the ark. So the Philistines, they get the ark of God, the ark of the covenant. We've been talking about that on Wednesday evening, the ark of the covenant. And they bring it into Dagon's temple and they put the ark of God right next to this pagan God, Dagon. The next morning, get this, they came to worship and they found Dagon had fallen and he couldn't get up. (laughs) So they pick up their God. Now, let me tell you something. If you have to pick up your God, Houston, we have a problem. Look, if I got to pick up my God, then why don't I be God? Because I'm helping you. The nature of God. So they pick up their God. They set him up and and they came back the next day only to find that he had fallen again. But this time he's beheaded and behanded and there's only a torso left. And instead of them looking at that, then two times they come and this God, this pagan God has fallen down before the ark of God. Instead of them thinking, you know what? Something fishy is going on. (laughs) I worked on that really hard for like two whole weeks, man. (laughs) Something fishy is going on. Instead, you know what they did? They glued him back together and they stood him up. (laughs) Again, if you got to glue your God together, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) And they stood him up again and the ark of God was there and they finally realized that they had to get rid of, get rid of the, 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 the pagan God. Or actually they actually sent away the ark of the covenant. But the point is this, and I think in the story lies the truth of what Paul was saying, that the way to overcome, listen, the dagons in your life, the way to overcome those stinky, smelly, fishy, carnal, fleshy areas of your life is to bring in the ark of God. The ark of God in the story represents the presence of God. If you want to get victory over your flesh, the way to get victory over your flesh is simply to walk in the spirit. 
is simply to bring in the presence of God. Because when you bring in the presence of God, listen, all other idols have got to go. When you bring in the presence of God in your life, then anything that's in your life that is not of God will just kind of go away. You start focusing on God. You start following God. You start being controlled, we talked about, by the Spirit. And what does that mean practically? That just means to do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. If the Holy Spirit leads you to pick up the phone and call somebody, then you call them. And you're being controlled by the Spirit. We think being controlled by the Spirit means we got to shake and speak in tongues, eyes roll up in the head, and then pass out. <laughs> and, oh, I'm being controlled by the Spirit. No, that's just crazy. <laughs> I'm being controlled. I can't help myself. Well, how about this? The Holy Spirit says, type an email and encourage somebody today. I want you to stop what you're doing and pray. I want you to stop what you're doing and take a break and go read my word. I want you to go to church. I want you to get involved in ministry. I want you to begin to serve me. Do what God tells you to do. God tells you, take Pastor Rodney out for dinner. Do it. (laughs) Throw money, throw money, throw money. I'm just kidding. This is what it means to be controlled by the spirit. You understand? Say amen, would you? That's what it means. And when you bring in the presence of God in your life, what happens is, you know what? You get so caught up in serving God. You get so caught up in loving God. You get so caught up in doing what God wants you to do. You forget the sin. What? Yeah. You're just like, you know what? I just, man, man, it's been like months since I've been involved. I, I, I didn't even, I was involved in that bad relationship with that guy. And it's been months. I've been loving God and serving God. And I realized I ain't like the guy anyway. Well, you know, you're walking in the spirit. You see how you get rid of darkness. You don't walk in a room, get rid of darkness by beating at the darkness. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.